Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at I think I'm crazy. I think I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I am recording this episode of Merrick's Boston Sports Talk outside. And it is currently, let's see, it is currently 48 degrees here in Providence, Rhode Island. It's supposed to get up to 50 in a couple of hours. It was gorgeous, gorgeous yesterday. And it's supposed to be gorgeous, gorgeous this weekend. But I wanted to go outside because I want some fresh air what's up everybody my name is james murphy aka murph and thank you so much for tuning in to wednesday's hump days edition of murph's boston sports talk yes this is the midday of the week we are halfway through and i am so so excited that you are joining me for this episode i am outside so it's going to be a little bit of a different show different episode i guess you know i'm going to be kind of moving around a little bit can't really see my computer so it can be hard to look stuff up you know you might hear some tapping or whatever that's just me moving the mic and honestly I have no idea why I wanted to do this I wanted to go go outside today but I had to record today so I was like why not just do both it's relatively nice out when the wind is not blowing and I yeah so I'm all bundled up though I got sweats on and everything the sun's directly right on me so I'm gonna get a nice tan on my face and hands but that's about it Um, speaking of my hands my hands are freezing outside I told you I told you like last week a little bit of warm weather in March and us New Englanders think it's summer and in March anything north of 40 40 degrees is basically summer for us so I mean Woohoo! <laughs> I'm actually gonna have really, I'm gonna have a lot of fun with this episode today. I mean, there's so much to talk about um, for this edition of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. There's so much to talk about in quick hits, quick hits, and there's so much to talk about for just our main topics today, especially revolving around the Bruins and their two to one shootout loss last night to the New York Islanders in a must win game. At least in my opinion, it was a must win game that I wish and that I thought was needed to be won, especially in regulation. However, it wasn't decided in regulation, and nor was it a victory for the Boston Bruins. So let's just dive right into our segment of quick hits. Quick hits. So there's actually a bunch of quick hits quick to get hits. into, and there's with the NFL franchise tag deadline 4 p.m. yesterday on Tuesday, we have so much so much chatter and so much roster moves going around in the league and there's a hair on my microphone 
I don't know. There's some kids screaming if you can hear that. Whatever. Anyway, so there's so much roster movement going on in the NFL because of the franchise tag deadline. For those who may not know what the franchise tag is, it is basically an NFL team. All 32 teams have the option to franchise tag one player on their team each and every year. So obviously you may know the franchise tag so famously for Le'Veon Bell and the Pittsburgh Steelers. He got franchise tagged two years in a row, which is the maximum. You can only franchise tag a player for two consecutive years before either a long-term deal is uh, agreed upon or he becomes a free agent. So in recent history, we've seen franchise tags be slapped on middling players. We've seen it slapped on uh, players coming off rookie deals and teams can't decide on a long-term deal, or you will see it on a superstar player where him and the team cannot decide on a long-term contract moving forward so it is basically a a transition between one contract to the other where it's only a one-year deal which would guarantee completely guarantee that player whatever that money is determined each position has a different franchise tag amount so for example a quarterback is going to have a higher franchise tag than let's say a, uh, a safety for example um, we just saw actually safety for the Jets Marcus May get tagged for around $10 million. So the way that each salary for the franchise tag on each position works is they look back at the past five years of the NFL season and they will average the five highest contracts. So let's use dumb numbers here. So say five years ago, the top five salaries for quarterback was 30, 20, 15, 10, and 5 million, whatever, whatever the number you want to be. You average those five up, whatever that number is, and that is the average for what five years ago would be 2016. And they will do the same thing for 2017. So they'll look at, say, it's 35, 30, 25, 25, and 20. They'll average that up, and that'll be the average for 2017. And they'll do that for five consecutive years. I've got to fix my mic here. And they'll take the average upon those five averages, and that'll be the franchise tag number for that position for the 2021 or I guess this upcoming season and then they will do the same process for every other position across the league and that's just how it's been which is a very useful strategy for both players and league owners however that's just a conversation for another day but anyways with the salary cap being plateaued this year and I believe it was announced earlier this morning that the salary uh salary cap is going to be 182.5 million dollars which it was supposed to go up this year but it didn't due to COVID and obviously stadiums not having fans or having limited number of fans so a lot of veterans have gotten cut you look you saw JJ Watt get cut we're seeing players get cut such as uh, Malcolm Butler who just got released from the from the Tennessee Titans, excuse me, and I'm going off on a rant. Let me get back to the franchise tag here. So the Bears are franchise tagging wide receiver Allen Robinson, which puts him off of the free agent market, which that means he is no longer available for the Patriots or any other team to go after this year or this offseason, I should say. And that is a huge blow because I was a huge advocate of signing and bringing in Allen Robinson to a big wide receiver contract which would be very lucrative which would draw him to New England especially where we don't really have a quarterback in place so we need to attract him somehow and separate the Patriots ourselves from other teams that would be trying to negotiate for his services also 
Hunter Henry is not going to be tagged by the Chargers, making him a free agent for this coming offseason. There was speculation that the Chargers would franchise tag him if they couldn't re-sign him to a long-term contract. Both did not happen. No tag, no long-term extension makes him a free agent. So you lose Allen Robinson, but you gain Hunter Henry in the pool of weapons to potentially acquire. Uh, like I said, Malcolm Butler, uh, I'm sorry, Jonu Smith, the t- tight end for the Tennessee Titans, won't be tagged either, throwing his name into the mix even more because there was a rumor that the Titans would possibly bring him back, but they did not. They will not tag him. They will not extend him. So he will also be a free agent as well. And like I kind of alluded to, Malcolm Butler is going to be straight up cut from the Tennessee Titans after three years with the Tennessee Titans after he signed a five-year contract, like I said, three years ago. I think the Patriots are in a tough position. They are, especially after certain moves have been made around the league. Play, uh, teams are cutting free agents to make money or to make open up more money. Teams are signing players that you kind of expected to be free agents, but they're not going to be. So it's going to be an interesting position. Oh, and then again, you see that the Patriots traded for What's his name? Trent Brown, uh, tackle from the Las Vegas Raiders. If you remember, he was our left tackle in the 2019 campaign. Excuse me, the 2020 campaign that we won the Super Bowl against the Los Angeles Rams. Patriots are sending over a fifth-round draft pick, and they are receiving a seventh-round and Trent Brown in return, which is a really good deal to help bolster the offensive line. However, with Brown comes his contract, and if you remember, he signed a massive contract I think at the time the richest contract for an offensive lineman or at least an offensive tackle David Bakhtiari the left tackle for the Green Bay Packers broke that later uh, earlier this year excuse me so Brown's contract's getting restructured to a one-year 11 million dollar contract I mean expensive but if you know he kind of struggled out in Las Vegas where he went from left to right tackle I don't know where he will be whether it's on the left side or the right side if you want to use Isaiah Wynn on the left, you can put Trent Brown on the right. You could switch him and put Brown on the left and Isaiah Wynn on the right. But now you also have Marcus Cannon coming back. So what are you going to do with him? So a questionable trade from Belichick. I get it because Trent Brown was so good for you. But kind of giving up $11 million over one year against your $69 million salary cap. Now it's down to 58 to make moves to bring you know players back or go out and sign players. Very questionable move, but you know it is what it is. Speaking of moves, um, quarterback Dak Prescott, as I think we all know and heard of at this point, has returned to the Dallas Cowboys with a massive, in massive contract extension, and I think he is not worth this much. I'm a, I'm really not a big fan of. Dak Prescott to be honest so it's so hard for me to look at him in a successful way it was brought to my attention you know sports radio or some sports show that the Cowboys early in the season before they lost Dak Prescott were competitive in the abysmal NFC East but then again my local junior varsity football team probably would have been competitive in the NFC East this past year anyways the Cowboys really fell off after Prescott got injured not a indictment on Andy Dolan, but, you know, Dak Prescott and Andy Dolan are not in the same conversation. I will give him that. 
But Dak Prescott, four-year, $160 million contract to stay in Dallas on the surface. That is a $40 million average per year. However, the contract is not broken down like that. Uh, his deal has a maximum value of 164, but at the time of signing is 160, including $126 million in guaranteed money. Bang, no matter what, $126 million in football where one hit could end your career, one hit could make your brain mush, injury could derail you for the rest of your life. Guaranteed money is so important to players, and it's one of the reasons why negotiations are very difficult because teams don't want to give out that guaranteed money for whatever reason. I mean, you look at the Dolphins, they cut Kyle Van Noy. You look at the Titans now, they just cut Malcolm Butler. And a lot of other veterans are getting cut because of the salary cap is not going up like it was foreseen. But back to Dak Prescott, there's a no-trade clause and a no-tag provision. So Tom Brady's fake contract extension that he had with the Patriots two years ago there was a no-tag provision, so at the end of the year, Brady was able to just get up and leave. He had all the leverage because there was no franchise tag option or, I guess, no franchise tag provision available for Brady. And, again, in Dak Prescott's case, there is no tag provision on his contract either. The deal averages $42 million a year over the first three seasons with $75 million in the first season. What? What? The Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones, Jerry Bones Jones, is going to pay Dak Prescott $75 million in year one, where the average is 42. So years two and three are going to be very, very low. I wish you kind of had this negotiation capabilities in Madden, because only in Madden, you can only negotiate in a certain way, and it's just like salary and then signing bonus, and that's it. You know, I love seeing contracts being so creative and flexible obviously in this uh, situation Dak Prescott's contract is very out there like I said the no trade clause the no tag provision 75 million in year one 42 average over the first three years I'm not going to do the math but I mean was that like 15 20 million in years two and three but then again he's getting 66 million dollars in signing bonus so that's going to be a nice cap friendly number but oh I mean, I don't want to say a nice cap-friendly number because you still have $100 million to pay against the cap. But it is what it is. Whew. I, you know, being outside, I just feel like I can just rant and rant and rant and rant. But those are all the quick hits that I have. And before we go into the topics for today, which is just Boston Bruins related like it was on Monday's edition, I do kind of want to do a quick little nugget of information here and that is we have officially surpassed 1,000 downloads here on Merce Boston Sports Talk. I wish I had my iPad for the sound effect but I'll put the microphone down and just clap myself. Probably sounds like a, a very disgusting noise that you'd expect from a teenage boy if uh, you you know what I mean, whatever. Anyways, yes, we have surpassed 1,000 downloads, and I will be doing the giveaway. I will record the giveaway at, probably right after this episode. Once I drop this episode, I will do the giveaway. You can expect to see the giveaway on my YouTube channel. It will be a YouTube exclusive, so tune in for that so to see if your name gets pulled. Again, you are only able to be entered if you reached out to me via social media. It could have been Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. 
Uh, those are the ways to get at me. You couldn't spam me with tweets. That's not how it works. But if you reach out to me on multiple platforms, that is the only way to get multiple entries. I had a ton of participants, a ton of people reach out to me, and I am super happy and thankful that they did. I am very excited, and hopefully you, if you are entered, will win the Amazon gift card. It's just gonna be it's gonna be fun because you know I've never done something like this and like I said you know in the past episode this is me giving back to you the listener to you fan to you the supporter of Murph's Boston Sports Talk so thank you so much and hopefully your name gets spun on the wheel if it doesn't it didn't cost you anything it costed you five seconds of your time a tweet a DM a like. So I'm very excited to do that after this episode. It's going to be very, very interesting. I, I will say that there are two, two spin again slices on the wheel. So there is a little bit of drama because, you know, we could spin the wheel and then it will land on the spin again. So we got to go through the whole process again. But nonetheless, it'll be super, super tense, super stressful. And when you're watching, hopefully your name gets spun on. So best of luck if you entered. Moving on, I do have another announcement I want to make for the channel is that I will be going away to Florida this weekend. I will be leaving tomorrow on Thursday, so I will be out of my studio on Friday. And I don't want to miss an episode. So Thursday morning before my flight, I plan on recording an episode and I'm going to be dropping it that day. Um, I think that's just the best way to kind of you know kind of settle and kind of make up for not being able to bring a friday episode so this week this week only there will be no friday episode but there will be a thursday episode so a little thursday special a little thirsty thursday special grab a beverage grab a cold one and sit back download listen and enjoy as always very excited. Be very different. Um, it's going to feel odd to record back-to-back days because I don't do that. I record on the day that I drop the episode. So you're hearing this on a Wednesday. Every other time I record and drop on Monday or Friday, I am recording those days. So recording on Thursday and dropping on Thursday will be very different. It will be very different indeed. But like I was away last weekend, I was able to drop some YouTube exclusive content and you can expect the same thing while I'm away in Florida. YouTube exclusive content will be dropped. So definitely subscribe to my channel and definitely go check it out to watch the very entertaining YouTube content I'm putting out there. I mean, the Tom Brady interview, that was hilarious. You got to admit that. That was super fun. That was <laughs> People have asked me, how did I pull that off? And I was like, listen, I just reached out to him. I DM'd him on Instagram and, you know, he got back to me. He said he has a few minutes. And I was like, Tom, that's all I need. That's how I was able to pull it off. <laughs> Some people think it's fake. Well, I mean, if you think it's fake, then you think it's fake. But I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I'm going to have to disagree with you. But, you know, if that's what you're thinking, that's what you're thinking. <laughs> and then also another, another exciting episode all right, not episode, another video that I just dropped on YouTube is the Mario Super Sluggers battle of the century between Kim and I. Obviously, the channel and the podcast favorite, Kim, not me, Kim. Uh, we had a Mario Super Sluggers battle showdown 
like I said, of the century. <laughs> and that was super fun. Everything I do is super fun. You have to admit it. You know, I don't do anything boring because what's the point of doing something boring? Stupid. So I try to bring good, positive energy, fun content that is enjoyable to the channel. And I've gotten so much about that because I don't know if you've watched it. I'm not going to spoil it on who won or who lost. But either way, it was pretty intense. And somebody at the end of the video was heartbroken. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, definitely go check it out and stay tuned for more epic YouTube exclusive content. Uh, it's just good stuff to kind of keep the mood light, to kind of check in on it. Just a little entertainment in between the episodes just to give you something visual to watch if you're only on an audio platform, audio-only platform listening to the podcast. But I guess, you know, I'll kind of stop with the sales pitch of the YouTube channel, right? I guess I should probably talk about the Boston Bruins because that's probably what... A lot of you are here for is to get your Boston sports feed, you know, your Boston sports high, your Boston sports take, or I guess my take on them. But before I do, I just want to watch Bogey for a second. He's just chewing a stick, I think. He's munching on something. It could be like a little, like an end of a branch. Bogey. Hi. You cute boy. Yes, Bogey has appeared on a couple of YouTube exclusive videos only. So if you are a dog lover or an animal lover, definitely go check out the YouTube exclusive videos because he has appeared in a couple of them and he is also the channel favorite, not me. But it is what it is. <laughs> Anyways, I should save my tears for when I talk about the Boston Bruins because like I mentioned earlier in the episode, the Boston Bruins lose or they lost to the New York Islanders 2-1 to in shootout. I did mention on Monday's edition that this was a huge, huge game for the Bruins as they were five points behind them, I believe, going into... Let's see, I recorded on Monday, and I believe on Monday they were five points behind. Let me pull up the standings to give you updated... updated standings. Hold on. Okay, yeah, so they were five points entering... So when I recorded on Monday, they were five points behind the Islanders... And after a two to one loss, a two to one loss in shootout, they do scave with one point, but the Islanders, you know, squeak out two points. So now the difference is six. You still are three games behind them. That is three wins. That will give you six additional points. They'll bring you right up, as you have less regulation losses. So uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. No, you have the same regulation losses. Excuse me, I was looking at uh, another team. Um, so the Bruins and the Islanders both have the same amount of regulation losses, the same amount of overtime losses. And if the Bruins could win three in a row, uh, hypothetically, if they were to catch up and just to win the three games, which is the difference, that would be six points. That would be a deadlock tie. Then it would go down to the tiebreaker. And I'm not sh too sure the season series between the Islanders and the Bruins. But after last night, I don't know if it's good. But... It's hard to beat a team when they're 8-1-1 one, and one in the last 10 games. It really is. I mean, any team in hockey can get super hot super fast. Same thing for them being cold. I mean, I know the Buffalo Sabres aren't a good team, but, I mean, they're 1-7-2 in their last 10 games, and they're on an 8-game losing streak. The Islanders just happen to be on the other side of that. Like I said, 8-1-1 one, and one on a 6-game winning streak. Bruins are 3-5-2. They have 7 losses in their past 10 games. That's not going to cut it. 
that's not going to cut it. I mean, in their past 10 games, a potential 20 points, they have 6, 7, 8 points. And they have dropped to the fourth seed in the Eastern Division. Now they are one point behind the Pittsburgh Penguins, who I believe also won last night as well. Anyways, a little bit of good news is that David Pasternak got his 11th goal, which is the one goal that the Bruins got last night. Uh, he got his 11th goal of the season and his 400th career point. So congratulations to David Pasternak on getting 400 points. Uh, big milestone, obviously. Any round 100th number is a big milestone in hockey in terms of points, assists, po- um, goals, whatever. And he's still very young, so bright future ahead of him. And getting to 400 at this point in his career, love to see it, love to see it. Wish we can get a little bit more point scoring from the rest of the team, but I guess we'll have to take it as we can. Um, after a little bit of good news, let's pivot to a little bit of bad news. And I do want to start off with Connor Clifton. Excuse me, Connor Clifton got railed into the boards last night and he was going for a puck against the boards kind of slipped and fell and Oliver Wallstrom for the New York Islanders he's a forward boarded Connor Clifton you know kind of you know in the same play Cliff Clifton was going down Wallstrom was going for the puck as well and he kind of just hit him well Brad Marchand was also in on the play. He was right there. He saw the whole thing. And after that hit on Clifton, Marchand went gloves off right into Wallstrom, punching the living crap out of him. It was honestly exciting. It was very intense. It showed great passion from uh, Brad Marchand, and it's something that you want to see from the Bruins. Right now, obviously, they're in a little bit of a rough patch. And, you know, any type of energy, any type of lift, motivation, intensity, a little bit of snarl is what they need right now to hopefully get them out of this bad, tricky spot that they're in. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it was all for naught because the Islanders would score on the power play. So, Wallstrom and Marchand got, both got two minutes. So, it was four on four for a little bit, but Marchand served an extra two minutes for fighting. And that is when the Islanders scored their first goal to tie it up at 1-1. to I mean, like I said, it ends up backfiring. And you can't look at it in hindsight. But in the moment, you see Brad Marchand defending his player, Connor Clifton. Obviously because of what just happened to Brandon Carlo on Friday. And you're just not going to take it. I mean, Marchand and the Bruins aren't going to take any shit. That's just how it is. And that's what you love to see. You look at Jared Tenorti. On Friday against the Capitals, he stuck up for Brandon Carlo in just his second game with the Bruins. Marshan's been a Bruin for over 10 years now, and he's going to stick up for his player. I mean, Clifton's still young, and he's been around for a little bit, so there's a connection there. But there was no connection between Tenorti and Carlo, and Tenorti was still ready to drop it with Tom Wilson. So the passion, the intensity, the fire that you see from this team is there. It is there. It's just they're not scoring, they're not capitalizing, and they're not taking advantage of these types of momentum swings or these possible momentum swings in order to, you know, make a difference on the scoreboard. And speaking, speaking of making a difference on the scoreboard, can we talk about David Krejci's missed, wide-open missed goal that he had when the Bruins were on their second power play 
So the Bruins were one for two on the power play last night. Their first goal was Pasternak's goal. And they were on the power play again. Krejci was like at the side of the net, got a uh, rebound, and went to go backhanded in, and he missed. Now, he didn't miss because of bad skill. The goalie, Varlamov, threw his stick out there, hoping and praying for the best. And uh, and he got the puck. He just threw his stick, not literally, but he just put his stick out there, hoping to nick the puck, to ricochet it out of the net, and he did. It is like a 1 in 100 chance that ever happens. And to keep the game where it was, one nothing at the time, huge play for the Islanders, huge momentum swing. What a play by Varlamov, the goalie for the Islanders, but oh, oh, you needed that so bad as a Bruin. Oh, you needed that so bad if you were David Krejci. And that's the difference in the game right there because that would have put you up 2 nothing. That would have put you up in the driver's seat because obviously the um, – Connor Clifton, the Wallstrom, and the Martian incident would happen later on in that period. But then they would score on Martian's penalty, making it 1-1. to And then they would win and shoot out 2-1. to But if you got that second goal, you, wouldn't have, you would have won in regulation. Let's just say the events happen the way they do. Martian gets in, um, you know, fights uh, Wallstrom. Penalty, they score 2-1. to You still win in regulation. Need a little water. Where's, need a little water. Where's my dog? No, he's sniffing. He's digging and sniffing. But yeah, it's just, it's that really sucks. And I was actually bowling last night. <laughs> so it was actually Kim and I's three-year anniversary together. We've been dating for three years as of yesterday. So I guess three years in one day now, if recording on the day after. And we were watching the Bruins game while we were bowling. And it's... It's when the Bruins are on, when any of the sport teams are on, and it's a close game. I am tuned in. I am zoned in. I love shootout. I love hockey shootouts. I know that there's players and you know people out there that hate it and they, they want it abolished and they you know a game shouldn't be decided based off of a one v one skill. That's like you know basketball went into overtime and you know you just have a one v one. Not, but it is so so intense and it's so so energizing and the Bruins lost in shootout but you know Kim and I had to take like five minutes to stop bowling to watch the shootout she's into hockey herself she likes watching the games and uh the Bruins lost while we were bowling it just like dampened our mood dampened the mood of the night and I'm not, I'm not going to blame David Krejci for that. I mean, I just kind of thought about like, oh, David Krejci ruined my date night. But no, it was a team effort. Bruins still can't score five on five, which they were doing earlier in the season. Then, you know, they were able to score on the power play as well. So they were a very good all-around team early in the season. Now they can't score on the power play. It was good to see them get one, almost two goals on the power play last night. But, you know, the power play currently is still an issue their special teams is struggling um defensively i think the power play is pretty solid right now i mean i know you gave up the one goal on the martian penalty but overall speaking i think your defensive special teams is very very good but offensively I mean, like i said teams go through you know phases good phases bad phases good funks bad funks and right now the bruins as a whole are in a bad funk as they you know go from the top 
down to the fourth seed. And if we're looking, the fifth seed is just behind them in the Philadelphia Flyers with just one point difference as they have 29. And like I said, you have 30. So what does that mean for the Bruins? Well, the trade deadline is coming up, I believe, at the beginning of April sometime. They need to make a move. They need to make a move. But where do they make this move? I don't see the Bruins making more than two moves. I really don't. I mean, if Brandon Kyle is going to be out for a significant amount of time, I think defense should be a priority. I don't know if it's the main priority. I wouldn't mind if it was the main priority, but it has to be a top two priority. Also, your top six goal scoring or your top six forwards, that needs to be addressed as well. I mean, Jake, um, oh, what's his name? Jake, Jake DeBrusque. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you to myself. Jake DeBrus got sat last night, and you know, hopefully, it was just like a little mental health uh, kind of, you know, recuperate, refocus kind of benching. I don't, but he's been sucking. He's been sucking all season, and he's one that can't suck because he and Krejci are really the only two staples on that left uh, on that second line. Really, the only two. Because that right forward has been in and out, not not just this year, and I don't mean like you know player wise has been in and out, but that right side has been has had a different name almost every season. But this year, dude, this year, Jake DeBrusque only has one goal, four assists for five points. Like, dude, come on. <laughs> He was a first-round pick in 2015. Remember the year that the Bruins had three straight first-round picks? It was like 14, 15, and 16 or whatever. Well, yeah, he was number one of that three. And, you know, there's tons of rumors back then that the Bruins, oh, they should pack up those three picks up, something else, and go get, you know, top number one pick or, you know, top three pick. And if I am correct, wasn't that the same draft that Jack Eichel was in? Yeah. No, oh yeah, Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel. Okay. So, man, you could have had those two, one of those two guys, if you could have just swung a deal. And um, I did say he was the first one. He was the second one, excuse me. There was 13, 14, and 15 that the Bruins had. Uh, they took Jacob Zaborl, the defenseman, with the 13th pick, Jake DeBrusque the 14th pick and Zach Sinishin with the 15th pick could have packaged those three up maybe moved up into the top five to get something good I don't really think you would have been able to get into the top two to be honest but you know I don't really remember what assets or other assets that the Bruins had at the time but uh, looking back on it I don't know especially when you're sitting uh, Jake DeBrusque in the middle of the season again the very important game against the Islanders. But, you know, speaking of Jack Eichel, rumor has it he's kind of on the board these days, you know, on the on the trade block because the Sabres are trash. They could be looking to retool. I've been saying this, that the Bruins need to get elite help at the forward position. The top six needs elite help. Uh, what they have right now isn't cutting it, whether it's five on five, whether it's on the power play. Your first line, Marshan, Bergeron, Pasternak, that's not going anywhere. That's really good. That's I still think that's one of the top top five lines 
in all of the NHL. I, I really think so. Um, they're just all so good in their own right. They're so dynamic in their own right. And all three of them help elevate each other to a completely different degree of play when all of them are playing right. And, you know, I think David Pasternak is right right now. Patrice Bergeron has embraced the role of captain very well. He's having a good season. Brad Marchand, you know, him himself being a full-time assistant captain is playing very, very well. But then you look at that second line. You know, the, t- the top six forwards are so important in the, ho- in the NHL. It's the top six forwards and it's the top four defensemen. And your top six forwards suck. You got, you got um, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak, and then you got Krejci. Then what? If you're now sitting Jake DeBrusque, then what else do you have on that line? Might as well either try to go get another left winger and either throw DeBrusque or that guy on the right side because for years now it seems like the Bruins have been looking for a right wing, right shot to play with David Krejci on that second line. And it's very hard to kind of, you know, make adjustments within your team or within your respective lineups because to help make that second line better, you're going to have to make the third or the fourth line worse. And I don't think the fourth line will get touched. I think that's your rough and rowdy line, which, you know, it should be and it has been. But, jeez, I mean, you can't take away from the third line, Coyle's line. You could. You can move Coyle up to the right side, but now your third line center is missing. What is there to do? What can the Bruins do to make this situation better? Like I said, I don't really... Like I said, I want them to go out there and make a trade for a top six forward. I mentioned a few minutes ago that the defenseman is a top priority. It's a top two priority, and that other two is a top six forward. I don't want it to just be some depth chart stuffer at the end of the day. I think you need to go out there and try to make a move for a big name. Obviously, your assets aren't all there to attract like a Jack Eichel or a Sidney Crosby, Patrick Kane, whoever you want to call um, that you may think is on the trading block. I don't think Sidney Crosby is going to go anywhere because the Penguins have been playing very nice lately, and they're currently in the playoff mix. Like I said, they are one point ahead of you for the third spot. So where does that leave you? Where does that leave you? <sighs> think of like a being, the thing I like about being outside is I'm just doing this one whole take, no cuts, no edits, no stopping, nothing. Nothing. Oftentimes, I will, actually probably all the time, you know, if I go to get a sip of water in the middle of a podcast, I would, you know, pause it so you don't hear me go, 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 go. Or, if, you know, whatever. <sighs> it's just nice being outside. You know, it's starting to really heat up a little bit, just being in the sun, blaring right on me. Bogey's doing his own thing. Come warmer weather, I'm definitely going to be uh, having my podcast outside. That's for sure. That's for sure. Get a couple brewskis. Get a couple stogies. Maybe cook lunch on the grill while recording. But anyways, everything I just said about the Bruins is very, very true. It is very, very important to not just me, but other Bruins fans, other Boston sport fans as well. And if you have any two cents or have watched anything in regards to the Bruins this year, then you would know and you would recognize what I'm saying is a huge problem for the Bruins. And I don't think that if they keep going 3-5-2 and in 10 games, 
is not good. It is not good. They got to make some moves, and I think that they can. I think that they will, but it's got to happen quickly because you were at the top. Now you're in the middle of the division, and in a division where you're only playing your division, your fellow division mates, there's going to be a lot of movement. There's going to be a lot of movement. You win a couple games, you can go back up to the first or second. You lose a couple games, you could be right out of the playoffs. So it's very, very important that the Bruins act fast. And if they don't, shame on them because I really do think that this is a big, important year for them. And I really think that they can make some noise come to playoffs. But I don't want them to have the attitude and the mentality of, oh, let's just get in. Because that oftentimes doesn't work out unless you got LeBron James on your team for the Cavaliers or like the Lakers recently. Just get in and we'll be fine. But anyways, I want to hear your thoughts. That's all of my thoughts about all the NFL, you know, roster changes, moves, and all that good stuff. All the Bruins you know, that we talked about. I know the past couple episodes have been very, very Bruins heavy. But right now, that's really the only thing that's going on. I mean, the Patriots are quiet right now besides that one trade they made for Trent Brown. The Celtics are obviously off for the All-Star break. They should be coming back today or tomorrow. I haven't checked the schedule, actually. Let me check that right now because I know basketball returns today. But I don't know when the Celtics are playing next. Okay, so they, they play tomorrow. They, their first game back from the All-Star break is tomorrow at the Brooklyn Nets. So that's probably a loss right there. Um, we will guess I won't be able to talk about it until Monday. But we will have to see. They play the Nets tomorrow, and then they play the Rockets on Sunday. So we'll have two fresh games to talk about, hopefully. I know that they're above those two games, above 500 that I wanted them to be at. But, you know, after these two games, you know, tomorrow and Sunday, we'll just have to see where they stay, if they win or lose. But, I, like I said, I want to hear your thoughts about the Bruins. It's Bruins heavy right now because it's really the only thing going on. Red Sox spring training, spring training, it is what it is. A lot of young prospects getting playing time. A lot of roster bubble players getting playing time. So it's hard to really talk about that. Be able to talk about it a little bit more once spring training really gets you know a couple weeks in where the starters are starting to play more and more playing time like i said celtics have been off on the all-star break and the patriots have been quiet this offseason with the exception of that trent brown trade so as of now it's really just been bruins and honestly i have no problem with that i have zero problem with that but like i said i want to hear your opinion on everything we talked about the nfl roster moves the boston bruins lately uh, their game against the Islanders, or maybe even moving forward. Let me hear your thoughts. Reach out to me at Murphs underscore Boston ST, where the ST stands for Sports Talk, as always. You can comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode or about anything that's going on with Boston sports. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please leave a like rating down below. And if you are listening on audio platforms only, Reach out to me and let me hear your thoughts about the matter or if you enjoyed or didn't enjoy this episode. So with all that being said, happy hump day. We are halfway through the week. Hopefully this podcast made your week a little bit easier or a little bit better. If it made it worse, I am sorry. I will do better for you. But like I said, quick reminder, there will be no Friday episode. Instead, I will be doing a Thursday special instead as I'm going away to Florida and we'll be out of the studio for the weekend. Thank you so much for joining. 
And I can't wait to catch you back up to speed with anything and everything revolving around Boston sports and major league-wide topics as well. But until then, as always, I will see you later. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.